This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today is International Women's Day, and um, one of the women that we rely on for tremendous insight and analysis very regularly on this show is Dr. Lisa Young, who is a Professor of Political Science at the University of Calgary. Dr. Young, uh, thank you for joining us. Happy International Women's Day to you. Well, thank you. And to you. We've kind of talked about this a bit before, and it's interesting because I was talking about it this morning, and and immediately the response is, oh, come on, it's not that bad. When we talk about gender in politics here in Alberta, we're going to elect a female premier. I mean, barring an absolute miracle from some party um, that we don't think has a chance at this point, um, we're going to have Premier Rachel Notley or Premier Daniel Smith. That's a pretty rare occurrence still to this day. We definitely have seen an increase in women involved in politics, but to have the choice between two women, that doesn't happen, right? I mean, it's still a rarity. Absolutely. It really is exceptional. And one of the really interesting things about Alberta politics is that We've come to almost take this for granted because, you know, we've had three women in the premier's office. Um, we've had more women as party leaders. And so it, it, it started to seem almost natural. And, and so there's remarkably little conversation about the fact that we're about to have this, you know, incredibly hard fought election um, where a woman is certain to win. It really is. I mean, but we, I think we, credit goes to many of the groups that we know are actively involved in trying to make it a space that uh, more women feel comfortable in. But I think, and, and I mean, you live in this world more than I do, probably. It's awful. It's toxic for men or women, but even more so for women, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that has become really clear over the last, you know, five years or so is that much as there has been progress on uh, election of women, you know, that it, it's become so much more common to see women in, in positions of political leadership, but at the same time, the backlash against them has really grown, uh, you know, at, at the same pace. And so there's lots of research that, that shows that, um, you know, there's there's abuse and harassment uh, on social media and in real life of of all politicians, but that women and and uh, people of color, politicians of color, also it will experience this disproportionately. And we've seen over the last year or so women leaving politics and saying that the reason for that is that they just couldn't tolerate the toxic culture anymore Uh, is it i mean i don't know dr young i don't know how that gets fixed i mean i'm sure you deal with it i deal with it anybody i think who has the slightest bit of public profile gets this um i don't know how 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 we Fix that. I, I really, I mean, is that, is there a possible way? I mean, you can't ask people to be better people. That just doesn't happen, right? So what, what, what's the fix? You know, it's really difficult to say. Um, you know, you can think about technical fixes, legal fixes of, of for, for specific 
incidents, right? Yeah. So you can say, oh, we need to, you know, enforce bylaws better to make sure that, you know, people aren't protesting in front of politicians' homes, for example. You can say, you know, we need to enforce harassment uh, guidelines on social media, but but it, it's it's sticking your finger in the holes in the dike, right? Yeah. That, that there's this, you know, each of these things individually might fix a small part of the problem, but it it stretches elsewhere, and it's really difficult to imagine how we get out of this. Um, I, you know, the one thing I would say is that we know that politicians can play a leadership role um, that, you know, the, the regular folks won't necessarily follow their lead, but politicians could try to set a better tone. Um, mm-hmm. They they could, you know, commit to standards of decency. They could commit to calling out their supporters when those supporters are behaving inappropriately. And, you know, I'm not sure that that would fix anything, but, you know, when you think about how do we change culture and behavior, we do know that leadership matters. It does. And, you know, and another thing, and this is a very small thing, but just, you know, knowing what it does for me, um, when you've taken a million shots over the course of the day because you've dared to criticize somebody that, you know, the, the Twitter army uh, has decided to come after you for, and you're being called every name under the sun and all the rest. When somebody tweets something and says, I always find you to be, you know, pretty fair and level-headed, and I really appreciate what you do, that makes a difference, too. <laughs> so if you do admire somebody in public life, man or woman, uh, sending them a tweet, replying to a tweet with something positive, it, it, it does make a difference. That's something that we can all do. That, that's absolutely the case. And I think as well, you know, for people who have a, a voice and, and can exercise some leadership to call out some of the really bad behavior. Yeah. So, um, you know, there, there's been a, a campaign of harassment against some uh, female journalists yes. uh, over the last year. And, you know, one of the things that's been really important is to see all kinds of leading journalists, male and female, Call it out. Say, mm-hmm. look, this isn't acceptable. You can disagree with someone. You can, you know, raise issues with with how they um, source their stories or how they write their stories. But turning this into campaigns of personal harassment and threats of violence is absolutely unacceptable. A hundred percent. I agree. I, I would be completely remiss if I didn't tap into your expertise with what's going on in Ottawa over the past few days. Um to me, this is just sort of, uh, I don't know if it's trying to just kick the can down the road and hope it goes. I don't know what the prime minister is trying to do with um, the machinations he's gone through this. We're going to end up in an inquiry, aren't we? I mean, that's where this has to go. Something that is more satisfactory than a special repertoire. What's he doing, Dr. Young? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about this. I, know, but... <laughs> um, I, I think ca- kicking the can down the road is is probably like you know a a good description um you know there's this sort of confusing there's going to be two committees and somebody is going to report and then they'll say that maybe there needs to be an inquiry and maybe by the time there's actually an inquiry the inquiry will still be inquiring when we're actually having a federal election i i just don't know um, I, I really, it, it sort of looks to me like the the 
Prime Minister and the Liberals thought that they could just, you know, brush this off yeah. and, and say that there wasn't really anything here. And I, I don't think that they can get away with it. Um, you know, there's there's just too much um, evidence that's piling up. And, you know, I have to say I'm I'm so disappointed in them over this. Um, the, the federal liberals came in, you know, when we were all worried about the kind of uh, foreign interference that we saw in the U.S. election yes. yeah. in uh, 2016. You know, the federal liberals took it head on. They they you know, talked about defending democracy, they got out there, they passed legislation, it wasn't perfect, but it was something. And now they they seem to have decided that it, it you know, this is this isn't foreign interference that we should be worried about. And what's happened is entirely predictable, that it's led a bunch of people, their political opponents, to conclude that the last election was stolen. And I don't think that's true, but you know, democracy is so fragile at the moment. How can we afford to let these ideas fester? And, I, you know, I, I really thought that their grasp of this issue was better than this. Dr. Young, that's why we have you. That's what I've been trying to say for a week, and I never put it quite as eloquently as you just did. You, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.